Okay, welcome back to the C-Suite Tea, where we share with you our years and years and years of business experience um, on the rise to our C-Suite positions in hopes to uh, guide you in your career and uh, personal life aspirations. I'm Kristen. And I'm Sharon. Welcome back. Welcome back. And uh, I'm excited about this episode's topic because it has been graduation season Mm -hmm. and we're all going to graduations and moving up ceremonies. Um, You know, every, you know, in New York where we are, every grade feels like is a graduation. graduation. (laughs) We tend to make a big deal out of every single moving up and graduation. So um, we've been to a lot of them. And I think a big part of those uh, graduation ceremonies are the speeches and uh, the speeches are wonderful. And you get to hear from all different levels of people. You get to hear from faculty. Sometimes you get to hear from honorary uh, degree holders. You get to hear from the students themselves, the valedictorians, the student government. So you get a wide range of uh, advice and um, inspirational topics. I absolutely love them. And one of our favorite ones is Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk about that one because it's so incredible. Yeah, I've heard so I've heard a lot of great commencement speeches in my time and and some that I've I've been to and some that I've seen online. But I thought, you know, today we could dedicate the episode to um, providing our advice from the C-suite and mm-hmm. our experience, which is, you know, varied uh, in our different career paths and uh, provide some advice for graduates of all levels and, um, you know, people that, you know, whether they're graduating or not recently, it's it's good to kind of hear those inspirational messages again, no matter where you are in your career. It, it's always good to just as a reminder. Um, and so, you know, I, I went to Arizona State, Sharon, and um, I'm a little bit peeved that no one's asked me to come back in any way, shape <laughs> any or form. Capacity. I'm like, uh, where's my Walter Cronkite School right? of Journalism? Right. Uh, I'm an alumni there. Yeah. I get the magazine and I like read the articles. I'm like, no one's reaching out to me. No. That's fine. What happened? (laughs) So uh, I think it is, I think when people do it, it is a big honor. Oh yes. When people are asked to do that. Um, And that's why you get these big time celebrities and business icons that do it because you'd be surprised. I think how many people don't ask. Right. Alumni or, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And no one's asking us, but we're, we're providing it. We're providing it anyway. (laughs) I know. So uh, interesting. And and I think what really sparked it is I just went to my uh, stepkids graduation And there was a lot of talk afterwards. I was chatting with a colleague and, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about work-life balance and the generations Mm -hmm. and the workforce and a lot of information. And I think one of the big topics is how, you know, the millennials, we're having a really hard time getting millennials to come back to the office after, after the pandemic. So it's really a lot of people started working from home and they like it and they like it. They get used to it. And I think, you know, we're experiencing that as well as an organization trying to, f- to find people to uh, commit full time, yeah. you know, and to be able to, you know, we're an organization that needs to have people here in-house. in-house yeah. And and not all the time. I and mean, we do have a kind of a, a hybrid yeah, schedule. Hybrid. And I think that's the norm these mm-hmm. days, certainly. But it was a lot of, you know, we were talking about this, this gap of uh, workers and this generation that went to work from home and now they got used to that and it's hard bringing them back to the office. But then there's a generation behind them. Right. And that's the graduation that uh, I went to with my kids. 
And I found it really interesting, a completely different message in the commencement speeches Mm -hmm. about these were kids that had their high school interrupted, that they didn't get to go to their proms. They had to stop their sports. They, a lot of, a lot of kids didn't even get to graduate and have that experience. And they were forced to stay at home and they missed a lot of that interaction and human connection. And so that it was, I I found it very interesting from a next generation kind of perspective that they were talking about the power of human connection. Um, The salutatorians uh, at our school, her message was all about invisibility and how they were you know, how they felt invisible for so long being, um, basically demoted down to being an icon on the screen that did they even, you know, who were they, did they even matter and not, and being so young and being forced to then all of a sudden feel so isolated. Um, I think that was really interesting that a lot of people felt invisible until they came back and, and were able to kind of get in their friend group again and have their, you know, this is when they're growing and you're, you're learning who you are. Yeah, you're finding out who you are. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And I think that in that generation, it's sad because they did miss out on so much and and they're looked at now in society as that they're not going to want to be able to work and, and join the workforce and things like that. When meanwhile, they, they truly do. They do. They're, it's a very, I found it to be a very ambitious yeah. um, class and I was very impressed with them. And, and then the valedictorian talked to, again about how when they came back to school, how grateful they were to have the human connection and to have their friends again and to have that interaction. And so I thought that was really interesting that I think the pendulum is going to swing back with that generation. And uh, and funny, my daughter it was in an internship. Uh, she's doing an internship as well as working over the summer. And was sitting there with all of these executives as an intern. And they were talking about, you know, how hard what a hard time they're having recruiting people and getting people back to work. And, um, she said, you know, her, it was actually her boss, mm-hmm. uh, who she's working for that said, this girl works two jobs. Right. So, right. you know, it's not always, you know, we can't always sweep everything with a broad brush. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I thought that was interesting. And I was thinking a lot about commencement speeches. And, um, then I heard that Bill Gates actually just recently did the commencement speech for Northern Arizona University. And I thought that was really cool, first of all, because Northern Arizona University isn't an Ivy League school. It's not one of the top, you know, it's a great school, but it's not necessarily one of those well-known notoriety. And they got Bill Gates. Yeah, that's amazing. uh, To do it. And when he was doing his commencement speech, and you can YouTube it if you want to watch it, but um, he had five things that he said uh, he wished somebody would have given him as advice. But he started off by saying, he didn't graduate from college. Mm, that's so interesting. It's so interesting. Bill Gates of all people. Yeah. And we talked about this in some of our previous episodes. Right. Right. About, not, is that even important right, exactly. these days? And it, maybe it wasn't important back then. It clearly wasn't important to him. Right. Um, but he did feel like he missed out on that, on that experience, and that commencement speech. Um, but do you want to hear what Bill Gates? I would love to. His five, his five things. Um, that he wished someone would have told him and he wanted to share with this new class. So I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Number one, and I want your opinion on these things. So number one is it's okay to change your mind or to have a second career. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Think about it, whether you're graduating from high school or college, Mm -hmm. you, you don't know 
I right. mean, especially high school, most people have no idea. Absolutely. I agree with that. I think, you know, we talked about it in, in previous episodes too, going to a community college first, the first two years, getting some, getting your feet wet mm-hmm. and understanding what you really want to do and what your path should be mm-hmm. is very important helpful. too. Yeah. And helpful. I and think. that's what people do internships too, right. is to also kind of get a taste for things. Cause you might think that you want to do something and you do an internship and you're like, that is nothing. Not at all what I thought it would like be. what I thought yes. it was going to be. Yes. And it's a lot better to do that in an internship than mm-hmm. to start a job yes. and then have to like quit or something. So I, I found that really interesting because I think, you know, it, it's important for people to realize whether you're graduating or whether you are in a career that is not fulfilling to you. Yeah. I mean, again, we talked, I think last week about Ina Garten and she was, um, I think in, 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 engineering or in some kind of energy science. And then she decided to start a cooking. It's so amazing. Class out of yeah. the house. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. And I think it's never too late to follow. I was going to say, follow your dreams. Right. But uh, we'll get back to that. Cause that's actually, I've been told terrible advice for okay. commencement okay. speeches. Um, but you, if there's something you're good at pursuing what you're good at. Um, okay. So that was his number one. It's okay to change your mind or have a second career. Number two was you're never too smart to be confused. You can't learn if you don't embrace what you don't know and you should acknowledge that and um, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Hmm. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess I could see that being, you know. Yeah. I, I actually love that advice because I always feel like I'm learning. Right. You, yes. True. You love you're always you're you're a data nerd, you know, so I think people that mindset love to be around smarter people. And then there's some people who feel uncomfortable being around smarter people. You right. know? I think if you, you know, we've always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you're not learning, you're not growing. Right. right. And it always uh, irks me when I, you know, have people that will be at a conference that are, you know, going something and they'll, at the end of the entire conference, they'll say, yeah, I didn't get anything out of that. Yeah. Didn't learn anything. And I'm yeah. like, really? The entire, there's not one, one thing you could have took. There's yeah. nothing you could take away from mm. that because um, I always feel like it's okay to say, gosh, I, I'm not an expert in that field or that's really interesting in pursuing that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really great. And, and again, coming from somebody as brilliant as him, right? which just goes to show um, brilliance knows no boundaries, right? right? He always, right. there's always somebody smarter. Um, gravitate towards work that solves important problems. I love that one. This one is key. Mm-hmm. And we say this all the time in Mm -hmm. our organization that you need to have, you need to understand the vision and feel like what you're doing has a purpose. Absolutely. Because if you don't, then you're going to be completely dissatisfied. Yeah. I think. And, and I see it a lot. You and I have both seen it a lot Mm -hmm. um, in our careers where you see people that make a career choice based on a paycheck. Yep. Or um, a pension mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Which that's important. Paychecks right. and pensions are important right. and they do serve a wonderful purpose. But I, I'm just for your, for fulfillment, for yourself. For yourself. <laughs> yes. Exactly. For true fulfillment. When we think about, again, we say it every episode, you spend 90,000 hours at your job on, on average in a lifetime. And so do you really just want to go and collect a paycheck? Right. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying everything, everybody has to be solving the world's problems, no. but it has to be something that you believe mm-hmm. has a purpose. And it could be, you know, it could be in the hospitality industry, 
making sure that people that are on their vacation are having a wonderful time because you're giving them wonderful memories. It could be making a candle and knowing that that person, when they light up your candle, it's going to give them some relaxation or soothing or, you know, as long as what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you understand the purpose and it, and it drives you and it provides fulfillment. I think that's terrific. I do too. I agree a hundred percent. And it's going to make your day so much more satisfying in your life because you put your head on your pillow at night and you think, you know, I didn't just do a good job. I did something that might have really made a difference in another person's life. Right. And it means something to me. Yeah. You know, I love that. I do too. So, um, yeah. And, and especially, and, and if you can do something that solves the world problems, even better, even better. Like if you can do something for, you know, the climate or homelessness or poverty or, you know, childcare. Great. Please. Yeah. Uh, You know, healthcare, all of those things are really wonderful. So, uh, cheers to those people in those, uh, in those industries as well. Don't underestimate the power of friendships. I agree with this 100% too. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. I struggle on this one a little bit. You do? I do. Hmm. And he and what he said was, you know, that the friends that you've made during this time aren't just friends. Those are people that you're going to rely on, that you're going to, um, you know, use in business. And he, he's like, I met somebody one day I thought was going to be a great friend. And then they ended up, you know, forming Microsoft with me. So, wow. um, and that can happen. I do. I do feel like sometimes you need to temper in the workforce, yes. especially temper your expectation of your friendships. Yes, agreed. Uh, but I think when you meet somebody and you become you you have find value in that person as a friendship, you know you can take on the world together. That's type true. of thing. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, it's a good point, and and it and it's really magical when it when it works out that yeah. way. When that the person either intern in your in your office or in your industry, somebody that is going to catapult you, you know, um, in the workforce becomes somebody that you can really rely on as mm-hmm. a friend. I think that is such a beautiful thing and is such a bonus. I would just also, you know, not everybody's your friend, right? There's a line. There's a <laughs> so, line. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but I thought that was interesting that that came from him. And the fifth thing that Bill Gates uh, recommended during his commencement speech was you're not a slacker. If you cut yourself some slack, mm. Interesting, and, and I say that a lot, even in our industry. In our industry, you know, is tourism and hospitality, and and it's you know seemed as more of a fun industry, right? But it's amazing how people don't allow themselves to have fun, and they don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in our true. industry, everybody takes it and and takes it to the nth degree. And does the data prove this? And can we do this? And what is the? Pro- and sometimes I'm like, it's okay to just have, have a little fun and take some time for yourself and enjoy your vacation. We're telling everybody else to do that. Right. We it's can do mission. that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Not, that's, that's yeah. true. And that's okay. And and I think, you know, you can still be ambitious and also prioritize personal life. Mm-hmm. And and get things done at work. It's not either or. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also that's a really great closing statement from him. I think because you, these kids graduating are putting so much pressure on their yeah. next journey and their career path. And, you know, it's okay to just take a minute. Oh my gosh. Even, even uh, the kids going into that. I mean, if you think about the college admission process right, right, and they're being told you have to have X number of extracurricular, you have to have so many, be the president of these different clubs. You have to have given back to your community. You have to have done internships. Right. It's so much pressure at such a young age 
um, that I think it's no surprise that by the time they get into the workforce, they're burnt out right. and they don't want to come to the right, office. Right. You know, it doesn't surprise me. So I think it's great to uh, to just prioritize some fun and have a good time and do some great work that has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And he said in his career, he said, "Listen, I fully admit when I first started Microsoft, I used to stare out my window and I would look in the parking lot and I would watch when people left." Yeah. And who left early and, stu- and who yeah. stayed late. And that's the generation that we grew up in. Right. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, we're used to that. I'm yeah. used to that. Yeah. You know, I used to stay at work until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, and, and then people would send the email, you know, t- letting you know that they were there late. Well, it's funny now <laughs> if you notice that Microsoft Outlook has that, um, send on business hours. Yes. Which you can do now. And I love that feature because just because I'm up working late, I don't want people to feel in our organization compelled that they have to do that. Right. Uh, in fact, I want to make sure that, you know, I prefer them not to be doing that because I I don't think that pays off for us in the long term. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but sometimes we work different hours based on our C-suite schedule. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I love that feature. And I think that's so funny just how far things have come. Absolutely. And, uh, and the fact that it, having him having watched people in the parking lot and now saying just, I'm, you're older, right? Yeah. Like, come on, it's just work. It's just work. And you're getting the job done as long, get the job mm-hmm. done, feel good about it. Feel like you've done something purposeful in the world Yeah, and you know, you got one life, so live it. So I thought that was great. I thought that's great too. And it kind of leads into the Shond- Chandra Rhymes commencement speech as well. How we love this speech. I watch it. I've watched it probably 50 times. I think it's just such a great thing to tell this next generation that, you know, there is a balance. Um, same thing. You can watch this on YouTube. There's a balance and something is, something will always fail, you yeah. know, whether it's your home life or your work life, but you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to balance out what, what's going to drop the ball today. And, you know, what does she say? It's like, um, yeah, I, I saw that if you want to if you want to find the Shonda Rhimes speech, commencement speech. And by the way, Shonda Rhimes is the producer of major shows, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. Scandal, Bridgerton. Yes. I mean, she's a smash success. Right. And she's come up with some of the greatest shows of our generation. Um, but she did the commencement speech and she talked about, you know, balancing. You can ha- having it all. Yeah. Right. And that's what everybody wants, especially as a working woman. Right. And I think a lot of times we, we cover this topic a lot in our women's panels and leadership sessions. And some people call it, I call it balancing. Some people call it blending Yes, because this, you know, some people feel like balancing is already showing a scale, right? Mm -hmm. If something's up and something's down, but I actually believe that that's true. And that's kind of what Shonda Rhimes said. Yeah. She said, listen, you just have to understand if you want to have it all you can, but you're going to be failing half the time right. in one area, right. you're going to be failing. And so she's like, so she said, when I was, you know, filming the last scene of Meredith uh, on Grey's Anatomy, then I was actually missing my child's soccer game. Right. And when I was at my children's, you know, dance recital, I was missing a, you know, a scene in Bridgerton or whatever that she's right. like. So and you have to just understand that you're going to have to make sacrifices. Right. And, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier prioritizing. Yes. Not everything is equally important. Not every single T-ball game right. is critical for you to be at. Right. They're not going to remember. But at the same time, not every single after hours networking work event or conference is critical either. Absolutely. And, and you have to be okay with that. I think. Uh, yeah. So you know? a perfect example, um, you know, we're, I'm on the board of um, our national um, umbrella organization and 
our national annual convention is in July and I'm missing it. Yeah. I'm missing it because it's my birthday and my daughter's birthday and this one week in July and we're doing a European vacation. My kids have never been to Europe. They were, you know, they were pent up half, half the time during uh, the pandemic. And so we're going, we're, and it was a difficult decision to Mm -hmm. choose that week, but I'm like, can't change our birthday week. Right. Sorry. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) And I, and I'm having for sure FOMO yeah. of everybody at the conference already, mm-hmm. you know, telling me all the dinners and all the sessions yes. and all the learnings that are going to be going on. And, um, but I had to make the choice Yeah. and I know that, you know, years later I'll be like, which conference was that right. that I went to? They right. all blend together, but I won't ever forget our birthdays mm-hmm. and where we were on that day and the memories that we're going to create Absolutely. together. And so. You know, you just have to make those choices for yourself and hopefully you're in an organization or an industry where you have, you're empowered to do that. Absolutely. And you can make those decisions. Um, are you ready for some statistics? Yeah, yeah. let's hear Yeah. So speaking of commencement speeches and, you know, it kind of gave me the thought process to go in and say, you know, how many people actually land in the field of their major? Mm-hmm. you know, and, and succeed. Yeah. And so this is kind of going back to Bill Gates. Number one, is it, you know, changing your mind or having a second, second career? career. Exactly. So let's hear it. Let's hear if he's right. So uh, off of net gen, um, personal finance, this is a blog that they do and they have a question of the day. And on January 22nd, 2023, the question of the day was what percentage of college graduates work in the field of their study? And the answer was 46%, according to the survey of a thousand college graduates. Um, in addition to dealing with their financial insecurity and uh, other questions, only 46% of college grads surveyed say they currently work in their field of their study. 29% reported working in a different field, while 16% of those are under age 54 say they are currently unemployed. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that interesting? What? In this market? Yeah, I know. <laughs> How are you unemployed? If you're unemployed, I feel like you're just really trying. Yeah. Well, they said respondents were very divided when it came to their prospects of finding a well-paying job in their field of study. Um, the goal of any college graduate, you know, is is to get a well-paying job. To pay off their student loans. Exactly. 22% of them say that they were very hopeful that they'll attain a well-paying job in their field, while 31% of them said they were somewhat hopeful. And 26% are not very hopeful, and 21% are not hopeful at all. Well, I think, you know, there's expectations these days on salaries is the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, back when, and cost of living is completely different too. Oh, I mean, yes. honestly, everything is different. So housing costs are different. So in, extravagant. And so now the salaries have to match that. Um, you know, when, when, gosh, my first salary out of college was $22,000 a year Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and I was happy to have it. Right. I was happy to have it. And mm -hmm. I worked until 11 o'clock at night for that job. Um, and then I remember thinking like, I just want to make my age. That was, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I felt like that should be a theory. Everyone should just make their age. Um, and now, you know, you can't, you can't, that's, you can't pay someone $22 an hour. Right. Right. Um, so I think, you know, you need to have expectations and be able to put in the work. But again, if you're going back to what we said earlier, if you're doing something that you're good at and mm-hmm. that you love, mm-hmm. then that should be the first priority. If you're if you're basing what job you want on salary, 
on that paycheck. And I understand that there are some realistic things you have to do of people that have rent and you have to pay back your loans. Um, but again, I think, you know, hopefully people are making smarter decisions about what college they go to. Right. So you don't graduate with a, a slew Debt. of student loans. Yeah. I mean, there are many, many opportunities now, and there's so many scholarships out there. I was there. just going to say, do the research of scholarships. I think you you experienced this. This oh was an gosh. incredible scholarship that you could have applied for. It was too late. Heard about it Heard from my daughter. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I'd have to Google it, but I would think if you Googled the number of scholarship dollars that go unclaimed every year, it would blow your mind. I wonder, it, yeah. It's astronomical. Yeah. Um, and again, they're not, they're not always easy to find, right. you know, some of them are pretty obscure, but it's one of those things. If you want it bad enough, you can do it. You'll find it. Um, and so I, I would say, please make smart decisions and look at your major, the, the, the rule of thumb, uh, when you're going to college again, for those that are looking into going to this rule is that you should look at what your major is going to be, what your degree, what you want your degree in, and you should not graduate with more loans, then you'll make your first year, mm -hmm. your first year in salary. So you should know what the first year of salary is mm -hmm. for the major or the career that you're looking at and say, gosh, that then I should, that's the maximum. That's really good advice. Yeah. That's the yeah. maximum you want to graduate with. So, um, so hopefully people are making sound decisions so that you're not coming out with some astronomical amount of debt. And then, and then, cause then it snowballs because right. then you're making career decisions based on things that may not be what you're really meant to be doing. Right. Um, and so anyway, I, I find that really interesting, but I think that's, it's true. And another, um, another, a, a standard commencement speech, somebody said, uh, I was talking again recently, we were all talking about commencement speeches. A standard one is follow your dreams, right? Mm -hmm. I right. said it earlier. Everybody oh, follow it. your dreams. Yeah. And when I say follow your dreams, I think that what I mean by that is your heart. Like, what do you enjoy doing? What are you good at doing? And you really need to assess that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was talking, again, I was talking to my college daughter about this this week because she's like, I've got friends that say, oh, I'm gonna, I want to be a doctor. Um, and they can't pass chemistry in high right. school. You right. know, like, you might not be good at that. Right. <laughs> you might, Maybe not a good what, idea. What courses do you excel in? Yeah. What things come easier to you yeah. uh, that you really shine in and, and maybe start to pursue things in that instead of trying to go into some career that somebody told you, a family member, your right. parents, Lawyer, or doctor, you saw a show yeah. and you think, oh, they make money. Um, and, and that's more sound advice because they're like, if you follow your dreams, what if your dream is to be a Broadway singer? Yeah. I mean, that's great if you can make it, mm -hmm. but the the statistics, the right. number of people that are going to do that, uh, are very very few. Yeah. So you should, you know, there there has to be a tinge of realism there. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you said, follow your heart yeah. with what you're good at. My dream, yeah, my dream is to take naps. My but dream. you know what I mean. But that's <laughs> that's not necessarily what you need to do as a career. Right. Um. But no, I yeah exactly. I think and and if you look at you and your career, mm -hmm. you did what you were good at. You were really good at operational, mm -hmm. um, organizational, um, details, right. You know, looking at the, you, you just kind of put your head down and, and made sure that you were the best in the organization at keeping the contracts and, and the, and the payroll and the financials mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, no detail goes overlooked. And through doing that, the best you could do, you rose in the ranks. Right. Right. Yep. And I was the same way. I, I had no idea. I mean, to Bill Gates um, point, when I graduated from high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. I 
back in my day, just to let you know how it happened, I went to community college because I needed to get residency. So I had to do a year mm-hmm. before I could go because I wasn't going to pay those out-of-state tuition. Right. So I did a year at community college. And how it worked, Michael, this is real story, our, our millennial in the mm-hmm. room. Um, so we went to the admissions office and they just had a rack of brochures, paper brochures. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you would pick them up and it would have the the careers and then the kinds of classes you would take for that career. Yes. So I was looking through all of them and I knew I liked to write um, and I liked politics and I liked, you know, sociology, that kind of stuff, um, those topics. And so I was looking at the classes and I narrowed it down to two and my dad was with me and I was like, journalism or social work? Both of those felt really like I liked the, the courses. Sure. I would be interested in going to those classes. And my dad was like, immediately no in uh, social, social work. work. <laughs> He's like, uh, don't, you'll be taking that home with you every night. Yeah. And, um, and I'll be paying your, your rent forever. So uh, he kind of chose between the two journalism. And I'm one of the few people I think that pursued it. Um, and then, you know, graduated and ended up kind of going into that into a, a, a realm of that, that field. field. Yes. Um, so, but, but I knew I liked to write and yeah. I knew I liked to ask questions and I knew I liked to um, be around people and have that kind of interaction. And if you just, those key little things, I mean, I have really had no other direction other right. than that. Right. And it's amazing how, if you just follow that path of things that interest you, yes, you can make a career out of whatever skills or talents that you have and be satisfied. Yeah. You know, fulfilled, fulfilled, exactly. <laughs> Even more than satisfied, yes. fulfilled. Yeah. So, um, and again, not to tell you, we're not trying to crush your dreams, but just trying to help you <laughs> expand upon them in a way that gives you longevity and sustainability and a career that, you know, hopefully will give you a wonderful work-life balance. Um, and, um, also maybe do something that benefits society and something important, something important mm-hmm. that, that makes an impact on future generations. Yeah. So uh, that was thanks. Our, that's our commencement speech. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> if you're, you know, for next year, if you're looking for somebody <laughs> and you want someone inspirational, Sharon and I are available uh, for these, uh, but I, hopefully again, congratulations, most importantly to all the graduates Absolutely. Um, of every level. Mm-hmm. I feel um, very impressed and um, excited and um, what is the word I'm trying to look for? Not, I, I, I'm, I, I'm really hopeful yes. for the future generations. I agree. I feel like uh, at the end of the day, the girl, the valedictorian at, at my kid's school said, you know, her grandmother looked at her, her grandmother just recently passed away. And before she did, she said, we're counting on you. Oh, that is so nice. Isn't that cute? And she yeah. goes, we got this. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I really believe it. I believe this generation that has gone through a lot of strife and turmoil. Yes. Um, they're our future yeah. and I feel good about them. Me too. All right. So uh, keep tuning in. We're going to have more topics ripped from the headlines and, and future sessions. And if you like this episode, please go on and leave us a five-star review or any kind of comment of things you'd like us to cover in the future. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And go on our Instagram, C-Sweet-T, and uh, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See you next time.